0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two, Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right up until 10 o'clock. Football's right around the corner, as you know. Less than a week. It starts for real. Bills, Rams on Thursday. Jets, Giants in action a week from Sunday. Oh, can't wait. Best time of the year. So let's talk a little bit football now with uh, our next guest. She is nice enough to grace us with her presence. She's my good friend from the NFL Network. She just moved, actually, as a matter of fact. It's uh, my good pal, Cynthia Freeland. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, my friend? Oh,
0: I am outstanding. Uh, Boxes unpacked, everything uh, set and ready to go uh, on your end with the move or what?
1: (laughs) Not even close, but you know what? Whatever. (laughs) There's time. There's time. not even like five boxes unpacked we're fine we're fine everything's fine. why
0: rush it why rush it right you have you have until thursday basically to get it done and then it's time to start paying attention and to start watching games and all that stuff um you've had i guess i should say a, a fun few days as far as um your name getting dragged around with the baker mayfield stuff do you want to shed some light on that like where where do things stand right now
1: I mean, the word fun is an interesting one, but yeah, true. let's just say all you got to do is go to his Twitter feed and see that he's selling a t-shirt that is promoting his uh, uh, return to playing the Browns. So, that's all you got to know and and then you can google the rest and piece it together, but ultimately uh, it's it's been an interesting it's been an interesting week with some some things. But you know what? Money over everything. I get it
0: money over everything and look it's completely gotten blown out of proportion if 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 people have paid attention and followed along to the whole thing they realize that it's a whole bunch of nothing here but to your point so now he's like almost taking advantage of the situation him and his marketing team have decided to like hey let's build some or you know make some t-shirts and throw those throws out there for people to buy and we can make some money cynthia you know what if he's gonna make a killing on this you should get a percentage i'm sorry
1: you know, I'm, I'm pretty much his agent now. So that'd be great. <laughs> <Just
0: kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, like, I mean, we're kidding, but I'm not kidding. Like, seriously. And, like, seriously, you talk about a whole bunch of nothing. That's really what this thing is here. So, I, I mean, I'm glad that the season is just starting, and maybe we could, like, move on and move past this stuff, because it really is just a bunch of garbage, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, who doesn't want to have a nice big W against your former team, right? Like, Everybody wants that in life, and I keep making the analogy that, like, you know, it's just like if I saw one of my girlfriends going to a wedding where her ex-boyfriend was, I'd say, wear the cute cocktail dress. Make sure the revenge body was banging, right? Like, just make sure you're, like, show them what they're missing, you know, and, and that, was, that was really the genesis of it, which was positive. But, you know, life is funny, and thank goodness people care so much about football because then we get to have jobs talking about it.
0: Exactly, football player wants to beat his former team. Yeah, that's very, breaking, very breaking news. Oh my gosh! And and you know, what? even if it wasn't his former team, you mean to tell me that he wouldn't want to win the game regardless of who it was? Of course, they're going to go out there and want to win. <laughs> but that's the world we live in—the twenty four hour news cycle.
1: You
0: know, I know. They deserve. Know. To,
1: they deserve to win. You know. <laughs>
0: Um, so I know that because of what you do and, you know, you're good at it, of course, you know, you've been crunching numbers, you've been going over projections, you've been doing all these things with the new season upon us. And, you know, you have a forecast of what you think all these clubs are going to be for the upcoming season. So let's start with the locals here in New York with the, the Giants and the Jets. Let's start with the Giants. Of course, it's a new regime. It's a new era. We know that they've had their challenges. I mean, Joe Shane talked about that yesterday and the fact that, hey, Dave Gettleman left us a mess. Bad salary cap. So they're trying to keep their expectations at a minimum. What do you think the Giants have in store for the upcoming season?
1: So the win total falls somewhere between six and seven most often. I think they have some great upsides. So the way I do win totals is there's a kind of a target number, and it comes up with a decimal, and then people sometimes don't like decimals because people can't win fractional games, which I understand, right. but that's just how the math works. And it's like homework, too. An upside in a, right? There's an upside, <laughs> and then there's a floor. And the Giants actually, I would think, you know, from a national perspective, the Giants' floor is higher than maybe some people think. And so is their ceiling. But the, the the median, kind of the win total, the number is somewhere fall somewhere between six and seven, most often. But they could get a little bit like if they have some favorable swings. I mean, I have a, a good year projected for Saquon Barkley, very strong numbers for him. So you know, remember, every game isn't a 50-50 chance to win, right? Some teams are better than others and some teams. So if you get some of those sort of maybe it's 45-55 and maybe you're on the 45 end of that spectrum, if you can get that win, then that ends up pushing you far more towards your ceiling than the floor.
0: I actually, we're in agreement on Saquon. I actually think he's going to have a really, really good season as well. I, I like the burst mm-hmm. that we've seen from him in preseason. And that and that's really his game. You know, if he gets that yep. hop back, you know, we haven't seen that consistently since, what, 2018. But I'm with you. I think he's actually going to have himself a pretty big year. Agreed. What do you think about the rest of that division in the NFC East? Like Washington, you know, there's always something going on with Washington. Dallas has talent, but it's still Dallas, and it seems like they're always their worst enemy at the most inopportune times. But Philadelphia, I I actually think that's the team to beat in that division. What are you looking at?
1: Yeah, the Eagles, to me, I think I have actually just ran the win projections. So um, the Eagles win the division in my model. I ran like a million simulations of each game, which is a lot of extra homework. But Eagles win the division with the Cowboys actually making the playoffs as a wild card in the, as the most likely scenario, the NFC, remember a far different ball game than the AFC just in general. So, you know, the, the, but the Cowboys, however, have a pretty big variance, meaning they could have a good season or they could be a little bit less, you know, a very, a a decent underperform based on how their O-line actually plays. You know, you heard some news out of there with Justin Peters and, or Jason Peters rather, and how that could potentially alter their O-line and that they kind of, to me, go the way of their O-line because remember retooled wide receiving core you know and, and a lot of injuries on that wide receiving core makes for a more difficult situation for the running backs and for Dak Prescott as well.
0: I agree 1000% and you know the offensive line I mean when they were going well and you know when Zeke was eaten and all that stuff years ago and that's when that offensive line was arguably the best in football and look Tyron Smith has battled right. injuries the last couple of years and not that oh, we yeah. should be all that surprised that he's down again, but but he's down, you know. And you're in a, and, it, and it's an yeah. awful time like this close to the start of the season. And guess what? You know, as I always like to say, generally speaking, like when you're in late August, guys that are out on the street, they're out on the street for a reason. Like anybody that's good and can help teams win, they're going to be in a camp and on a roster. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost slim pickings yeah. at that point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough, especially. When you think like this year, the 53s have been weird compared to normal. I think part of that is a function of like kind of getting through some of the. Remember last year, like the, with the COVID cutdowns and stuff, there was a lot of unknown players because college didn't have the normal cycle of like knowing the guys in the building and then you get the information and you know learn how they learn, et cetera, is all on Zoom. So I think you're kind of seeing like a flushing or a, like a resetting of where those players are now because you know everyone learns differently. So some people, that wasn't a big deal. Other people, that was harder. So I think, you're, I think you're starting to see that even out, which makes it even more challenging to try to get your 53 right, especially in the context of injuries.
0: Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network, joining us here on the Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. You were up, I mean, you, you do some stuff with the Bills in, in the preseason. So last year, you were there. Dayball was there, of course. What type of a head coach do you think he's going to be? Like I said, it's not going to happen overnight because the Giants have some challenges ahead of them. But what type of a head coach do you think the Giants have now?
1: Oh, he's, you know, Dayball is one of those people who, you know, that I will say this season as well and last season, the Bills have something special going on. And you can feel it from, you know, Vaughn Miller DJing in the locker room to, like, everyone, like, rallying and laughing about, like, stupid stuff and the old linemen have, like, secret handshakes and stuff. And Dayball is that same kind of guy that will very likely instill that same type of culture in the Bills. I know I'm talking about the Bills this season, but, Dayball was instrumental in creating that culture that he has left there, that legacy culture. So I have every reason to believe he would bring that same like fun-loving, hard-working. I mean, these guys were engaged from like the, the until the very last snap of the third preseason game, the starters, to try to figure out like how to cheer for the guys who you know may or may not even make the team. So you know it's a very it's a very good you know a good environment, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know Dayball day by day, day by day for years, helped create it.
0: And I think, you know, Joe Shane, you know, part of that culture up there in Buffalo as well. So I think that I think the Giants got this right. I really and truly do not going to happen maybe this year. But I think, you know, in a couple of seasons, I think you're going to see that program headed in the right direction again. I truly do. Um, Jets hope they have it right. Joe Douglas has been at the helm now for a few years. The roster has been overtooled considerably. It's been upgraded when you look at the personnel. And now Robert Sala's got a year under his belt as a head coach. What are you thinking for the green and white for 2022?
1: So let's just put this in context first. They have a gnarly, awful schedule. That is one of the worst schedules in football for any team that finished in any position. Usually, you know, teams who don't finish first in the division, teams who play fourth in division have the advantage of playing the fourth place teams from other divisions. Well, not an advantage for the way this schedule is Mm -mm. made for them. The amount of travel, the back and forth. This is a very difficult schedule, especially kind of right out of the gate. So they have their work cut out for them, despite having a much improved roster, I think around draft time. I I can't remember the number of win shares that went up um, off the top of my head, but, you know, they were one of the top two most improved teams from the draft and free agency in all of football last season. So, you know, between last season and this, so big things, obviously injuries, you know, already seems to be the question mark that we're, that we're hearing, but, you know, the Jets have the most variance from anyone in my, in, in all of my models. I think for me, they, they fall somewhere between five and six months, which is not going to be very popular thing to say to Jets fans, but, they have a lot of games that are closer to 50% than other teams, which means if they just could eke out some of those wins, they could create a lot of upside. But if they have to start strong because those first few games are first two games are pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly, and then you know it doesn't get easier for their schedule. So I like momentum, that, health.
0: I like the way you put it with gnarly, awful as their schedule. I like I like those two analogies to this. I don't think I've heard that before, but I think it's fair. A gnarly, awful yeah. schedule. And it's true. I mean, they threw the AFC North at them completely. One, two, three, four. And, all, and say what you want about those teams. I know they maybe catch a little bit of a break because Watson's not going to be playing for Cleveland. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, Big Ben is gone. Maybe they're changing things over. You don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. But Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. Baltimore is always good. Those are four teams you don't want to have right out of the gate. And for a team like the Jets that have a lot of new faces, you're right. That is absolutely going to be a test for them.
1: Yeah, especially with some health concerns, right? Like, I'd like everyone to play very, very healthy and see my best versus your best, but it's just unfortunately not the way football goes. Well, I mean,
0: and I think you make a good point, though, about, like, when you say with the models and, you know, 50-50 with close games and so on and so forth, that's what really separates the good teams from the bad teams. Because... You know, you're going to have to win. You know, good teams win the close games. Like, not every game is going to be routine, and you're going to win by two, three scores. I mean, in a perfect world, that would be great, but that's just not reality. And it's just sometimes maybe like one or two plays which determine the outcome of a game. And losing teams don't make those plays. Good teams do. And this team has been so down for so long, they're going to have to start finding ways to figure out how to win them. And maybe, hopefully, this is the year it begins to happen, but you're not going to know until they actually go out there and prove it.
1: Yeah, it's it's also interesting. Like, if you look to see the, when it comes down to balance, there's two teams last season that had 10 games where they held opposing offenses to 17 or fewer points. Those two teams were the Bills and the Broncos. Now, the Broncos did not finish in a position that you would have, have imagined, but the Bills did, right? They have nice parry offense, complementary football. The Broncos should see a big uptick in that. So even if you see some sort of lopsided you know, like where the defense improved significantly this year where the Jets, but maybe it doesn't net and wins right away. That's a huge improvement and a huge sign of, like, great things to come. And that's the kind of thing where even though it's frustrating, but, like, growth doesn't happen. 53 people on a roster is a lot. And yep. 22 bodies that have to start. And, you know, 22 bodies on the field at any time going against each other. Like, that's a lot of variables. So, you know, just look for things like that as huge signs of, like, great things to come.
0: Fifty three people on a roster and not all fifty three even get to dress on Sundays. You know, they got to make those difficult decisions to even trim those down as to, you know, who's going to get a roster spot on game day. What about the rest of the AFC East? I've you know, I've said it. I I know they're the Patriots. I know they have trophies. I know the coach has rings and all those things, but you just want to strip it back. Like if we cover the name of the team and just look at the roster, Patriots have the least amount of talent in the AFC East on paper. They do, and I know that they're well-coached, and I know that they're the Patriots. But if we're telling it like it is, that's the truth here. What do you think about the rest of that division?
1: Well, look, the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite for a reason, and there's a lot to, like, let's just get that one kind of out of the way. I don't think anyone's surprised to be like, oh, Bills are going to be really good this year. Like, breaking, yeah, Yeah, you know, that's (laughs) going to be interesting. But when it comes to the Patriots, you know, it's interesting to look at their roster and see what the question marks are, especially with, you know, no Josh McDaniel. Obviously, he's in, he's in Las Vegas with the Raiders now. And even the guys who do their personnel, there's some interesting holes. I do think their defense is better than it will, will remain strong. That's kind of an area where you kind of can't help but give Bill Belichick like 100% confidence there because he's done it for so many years. So that's an interesting note and like how often they made the playoff with these top 10 defenses has been wild. So I think that is this one to me, this one comes down to like how effectively and efficiently they use their running backs and not necessarily in the run game, but the short passing game. That's like, you know, the Patriot tradition, right? Those short passes mm-hmm. that function as runs so that you're setting up third and manageable because the splits for Mac Jones last year, when it was under, you know, under duress or kind of the defense knew he was going to pass versus when he had both pass and run available to him, they're pretty dramatic. And, as a quarterback takes more snaps in the NFL, like they'll be able to recognize and pick up defenses more, but it takes some time. And even though Mac Jones did have, you know, some, some, some great stats and the most touchdown throws, you know, as a rookie last season amongst the rookies, like, you know, there a lot happens from first to second season. So, you know, it it will be interesting to see if they can get the deep passing game going. That was an area that was, you know, tricky for them and big plays, you know, rushes of more than 10 yards and passes of more than 20 yards those have been linked to a lot of success, so they need to be able to get some big plays in there, and part of that comes from effective use of first and second down.
0: Do you like Miami? Are you buying what they're doing down there? I mean, Mike McDaniel, he's quirky, he's great at the press conferences, but, I mean, can he lead a team?
1: I think he can. I think, like, they have have a really interesting, they're an interesting team because kind of in certain areas they have a lot of, like, running backs, they've got so many that are that could be really effective and efficient, which we've seen Mike McDaniel use obviously from San Francisco, mm-hmm. but also the thing that was sort of stood out to me about them was you look at San Francisco's, like how their receivers had a lot of areas work with enough amount of separation that they had on place. And that's where he was like really, really like very good and the sneaky good because other than Debo Samuel last year, they didn't have the the strongest receiving core in the NFL and yet they were really effective using the pass. So, I look to see and I'm like, all right, if their O line is can, can be really if they if you know they did try to address it in the off season, if that O line does work out, they could have a lot of success. I also think that, you know, look their I think their corners will be better in their in their defensive front. I'm I'm curious to see how it all fits together this season though, because it is a lot of weight on two, his shoulders. Whether mentioned- or not we you know, I'm not suggesting Ken can't, I don't know what about that, but it, it is a lot of weight on his shoulders.
0: Well, just ask Tyreek Hill. He throws the, you know, the most beautiful ball he's ever seen, apparently. So, I guess, you know, that, that those are the only answers we need. Um, what about San Francisco? <laughs> you mentioned San Francisco. Do you think Trey Lance yep. – I mean, how long of a leash is Trey Lance going to have this year now that we know that Jimmy's back? And remember, this is a team that's good enough to go to a Super Bowl. That's what concerns me about having a young, unproven quarterback to be the pilot of the ship.
1: I feel like Kyle Shanahan, the next time he, like, tells us what he's really thinking will be the first. So, I feel like we have no idea what we're going to see from them except for, you know, their defense is, is going to have – Nick Bosa, to me, forecast to have the most sacks in the league this season in part because he doesn't have, like, that – You know, T.J. Watt has the benefit of, like, a lot of other people um, on that front as well bringing pressure, which – benefit in the sense of it's good for pressures but doesn't always net in a sack. So, I, I think it's actually Nick Bosa in that regard. Um, I think also the Niners have <laughs> – a really like they start with, like, I believe their first two are like Seattle and maybe I can't remember it. Someone else with it might be Seattle and Chicago, like some O lines that are very, very leaky. And that could be a, an area where they just start really strong. So, kind of the opposite momentum wise of a team like the Jets who have a really hard start to the season.
0: Bears, Seahawks, you're right. That is a very uh, conducive start to the schedule for the first couple of weeks. How much of a difference do you think Russell yep. brings to the Denver Broncos?
1: Broncos have a great odds to be a a playoff team for me, a wild card playoff team for me, because look, I I think that the Broncos defense this year, you know, Bradley Chubb being back is huge Huge. because it really does work best when the front and the back work together between Pat Sertan having, you know, another full year under his belt and now being in the second season. And those like two bookends where you're going to look at a really, a really difficult situation for opposing passers, but that whole division is crazy. And I think, Russ actually does put them over the top. And they have a much more favorable schedule than a team like the Raiders. The Raiders also have a really, really hard schedule. So I, well, I think just, they're the number three team in the AFC West. But, but Yeah, but, I'm not uh, sold on, on the Raiders. I, you
0: know, I'm not sold on the Raiders. Like you said, I, no, I, you know, interior I don't O-line
1: know. The is, line
0: is, is dicey. 100%. And if people think that Devontae Adams is going to be as, as productive as he was when Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball, I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it's not going to happen. Uh, he's but good. But they went to college together. I know they went to college <laughs> together, but you know what? There were a lot of guys I went to college <laughs> with, That's Cynthia, somewhere. that if, if we lined up on the football field, I wouldn't expect big things, if you know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, Cynthia, thanks for a couple of minutes. Uh, really appreciate you, you setting it. aside some time. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot as we uh, move forward through the season, but have a great holiday weekend, and it starts for real in just a few more days, my friend.
1: Woohoo, Let's go! Thanks for having me, friend. So excited right, for you for your good. new show.
0: Thanks, Cynthia. Appreciate you. That's Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network. Check her out all over NFL.com, NFL NFL Network. She's everywhere, projecting the games, doing her fantasy things. She's on the fantasy show there on uh, NFL Network. Does a great job covering the sport. All right, you heard what she said. Let's talk a little football for a little bit, right? 800-919-3776. Let's get in a little bit. Realistically, realistic expectations for the Giants, the Jets, as we are less than a week away. From the start of the NFL season. Cannot wait. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right up until 10 o'clock, then Anita comes by with a weekend wager. Stay tuned for that. You know, stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each and every year. Get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today. Watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library, and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. Uh, Also, let me remind you, That ESPN New York is celebrating the return of football with a back-to-football viewing party with Peter Rosenberg on Thursday night, September the 8th, as the new season kicks off. Come watch the season opener at the Ainsworth. That's located at 310 Sinatra Drive in Hoboken, New Jersey. Peter is going to be joined by the 98.7 Promotions Team and Anita Marks as they give away back-to-back football or back-to-football prize packs and tickets to select 2022 Jets games. ESPN New York's back-to-football night brought to you by Modelo, Jack Daniels. FanDuel Sportsbook, and Leafly. So some good stuff there. Come hang out with those guys next Thursday. Uh, Thanks to Cynthia for hopping on. Appreciate it, as always, giving you some good stuff there. Yanks are trailing the Rays 1-0. That is in the bottom of the fourth inning as Tampa Bay just gets the first run across. A Peralta RBI single scoring, Randy Orozarena. We told you Andrew Benintendi left this game. Right wrist injury. He's going to go for X-Rays. So not good, certainly when the Yankees need to be as healthy as possible, when they're not 100% healthy. So Oswaldo Cabrera has entered the game and taken his spot in the outfield there. Yanks just two hits so far through four innings. Mets have a 2-1 lead in the fourth over the Washington Nationals. Eduardo Escobar, Mr. Fogo de Chau, with a two-run home run in the second inning. So the Mets seeing if they can continue their winning ways, and believe it or not, well, they were, but not anymore. Uh, I was going to say they were getting some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Atlanta has a 2-1 to lead now on the Miami Marlins in the fourth inning. Remember, they're going up against Sandy Alcantara tonight, the leader in the clubhouse for the National League Cy Young Award. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. 800-919-3776. Robbie in mass. He's up next. Dan Grass, the show, 98.7 ESPN. Robbie,
2: how we doing? Dan, always good to talk to you. I, actually, let me let me say this: I'd rather watch flies fornicate right now than watch the New York Yankees. So let me ask you a couple. Of, <laughs> let me let me ask you a couple of football questions before I get to the Yankees, who are just really pathetic to watch. Ooh, I got to watch Aaron Hicks in his under seven hundred OPS, and I got to watch Glaber with his seven fourteen OPS. All right, so let's talk about the Giants for a moment. All right, a good great interview by the way, and I wanted to ask you specifically about this defense. You know, you got Blake Martinez back. They added they added some some help. You have some guys that were injured last year that are coming back. Um, thinking Blake of, Martinez uh, is know, gone. But,
0: you know that, right, Robbie? Oh, no. What happened? They cut him yesterday.
2: Oh, I didn't. Jeez, you know what? It's amazing. I do a sports show during the week. I didn't even know. I did not know that. I've been busy yeah, playing music. We just, up, yeah, we just opened up. Yeah, we just opened for Jay Giles, you know, for Danny Klein's band uh, last week. You know, from Jay Giles' band. It was great. We had a great time. But anyway, they cut Blake Martinez. So now, so who's their linebacking core basically now? I mean, well, Aziz Jalari. T- Yep. Well, no,
0: Ojalari's going to be on the outside, he's but if you're looking line, at inside guys, line. you know, yep. Micah McFadden, who's one, a part of your rookie class this year, right, right. McFadden, you know, right. you got Tay Crowder, who's going to be back. I mean, they're going oh, with you. You know what it yeah, is, Tate's Martinez? Small. Yeah, go ahead. You know what it is, Martinez? There were a couple things going against him. Number one, he was coming back from the injury, so he had a late start compared to everybody Can't else. believe he was gone. New coaches, new scheme, didn't really take to oh, it. Oh, man. I think, well, and, and it's not even like it was a big cap savings because they restructured his contract. He was only making like a million dollars this year.
2: But I love his leadership skills. I mean, you need that veteran leadership, though. I can't believe they cut him. You know what? The Jets ought to pick him up. He provides, believe me, if he can play well, at least some and some well, it, 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 at least he gives you everything on that, on that field. He's a guy you want. He's a guy you want to be in the ditch with. I mean, Dan. Anyway, I got to – Obviously, you know, look, I think the Giants can win eight games looking at their schedule. We'll see. You know, I'm, I'm impressed with Dable. I'm impressed with what's going on so far. And Daniel looks good. We'll see. You know what? It's it's going to be better than last year. Let's see. Anything's better. Death looks better than last year. Anyway, just about the Yankees, okay? Mm-hmm. Again, Benny got hurt right now, okay? But again, Again, I'm so tired of the switching of the lineup. Can you just go with the same Dan Batting order? And you're telling me – you're seriously telling me that Aaron Hicks and Glaber Torres and Josh Donaldson has been a disaster. Like they couldn't have Gio and signed two years to, to, uh, to Correa instead of paying this jerk $25 million a year to, to have a 692 OPS, to have 50 RBIs and 12 home runs in, in September? I mean, I don't know what casual was thinking about. IKF is terrible. You can't take guys that hit 220 and have under seven OPSs. I mean, are Yankee fans seriously think that this team's going to make a run to the World Series? I mean, honestly, they're horrible to watch. Can we see the kids? Look, I would, Dan, I would rather see the kids right now. If this season is going to be a dud and the Yankees are going to go out the same way they go out every year, I would rather see Peraza. I would rather see the kids play. Bring them up. I mean, the September calls. let's see these kids Well, that's what, Rob, that's see. what we
0: were saying earlier yeah. in the show, and, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. I mean, you bring Peraza up, why the hell isn't he in the lineup tonight? Why isn't he in the lineup? You know, what kind of, I mean, seriously, we're talking about loyalty to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? And that's why you can't put you know Oswaldo Peraza in the lineup? Maybe to spark this team? Because they look like a bunch of, it looks like the the walking dead out there when you watch the Yankees. They're dropping like flies. You bring the kid up after the shortstop makes an error the other night, which helped lose you the game against a garbage team in their own right. Why isn't he in the lineup? Explain that to me. And I don't care what Aaron Boone's explanation is. It's not good enough. Put him in the lineup. And as I say that, IKF just gets a double to lead off the fifth inning. But you know what? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Peraza should be in the lineup. No other way around it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, we got those Scorpion tickets to give away. We're going to do that before the show is over. We come back. More football conversations. Realistic expectations. For the Jets and the Giants leading into the upcoming season, and who do you have higher expectations for? Remember, we'll talk some hoops with Worldwide Wob Rob Perez coming up at nine o'clock as well. Dan Grasso show till ten, right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
2: This is the
0: Dan Grasso Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. <laughs> Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Hey, the Scorpions are coming to UBS Arena on Wednesday, September the 7th. Stay tuned for your chance to win a pair of tickets coming up later in today's show. It's all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale right now at LiveNation.com. Mets tack on a run. It's 3-1 over the Nationals as they go to the fifth inning. Bombers in a 1-0 hole against the Tampa Bay Rays. And as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grosset, G-R-A-C-A. Talking Jets, talking Giants. The latest that I have, at least, in terms of the win totals for the two teams. Giants are at 7.5, which, you know, kind of falls right into line to what Cynthia was talking about with the projections and you know, what her models and her forecast sees. I mean, seven and a half is kind of, I think, on point for the Giants. I mean, if you want to be rational about it, given where this team has been, new coach, new GM, you got a quarterback who's out there essentially playing for his supper. I think seven and a half is about right. And you know what? If you're a Giant fan, you'll take that. You won four games last year. If you almost, all right, if you, let's say, you win eight. I mean, can you imagine you win eight? You double your win total. You got to be really excited then about what you got going on here, and then maybe just maybe this group, these people in charge, are the ones that are actually going to bring some stability and some winning to this team. Jets, on the other hand, I mean, universally, like I, I just, I, I, I don't know why. Like I, I mean, I have an idea why. But, like, universally, why the expectations are as low as they are with the Jets? Like, you know, you see all these people and read these things like, oh, well, you know, the, the, the three or four worst teams in football, it's going to be the Texans, it's going to be the Jaguars, it's going to be, you know, the, the Jets. And it's like, re- really? Like, that. I, I, I don't see it. Maybe because I'm there almost every day and I, you know, know the team pretty well. I, I just, I mean, if you know football and you see the talent that this team now has on paper, there's no way, like, when I see a five and a half, over under for wins i mean really F- this team is going to win five games they won four last year and they are substantially better on paper not just a little bit substantially better on paper but i guess this all stems from the quarterback and the people still need to see more and people aren't sold and now the fact that he's injured And it's probably going to set him back a couple of weeks to begin the regular season. And not that I have any inside information. I'm just saying, my guess, to be cautious, you're probably looking at Joe Flacco for at least the first couple of games. So not only it's when does Zach Wilson get on the field, it's more about when he does get on the field, what part is he going to be at in terms of preparation, readiness to play? Like, how much will this month away from the field do in terms of a setback for him? Second-year player member, right? Just trying to get the reins and the mastery of this offense, the verbiage, the language, all that stuff. Getting in sync with his new weapons. You know, he got a whole new tight end room. Got a couple of new targets at wide receiver. Offensive lineman, a new offensive line that he has not played behind in a real game. Remember, Dwayne Brown, he came after the fact. Didn't play. But 5.5 is creepy low. Creepy low. Chris and Beth Page. Going to be next up here, Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Christopher, how are you?
3: Hey, Dan. Very good. Uh, That was a great segment with Cynthia Aprile. really liked it. Um, Thanks,
0: Chris. What's going on?
3: um, Okay, I'm a big Giants fan. I went to the exhibition game against Cincinnati. And granted, I get it. Totally exhibition. No doubt about it. But then I come into work on Monday after that, and I got guys still complaining about Daniel Jones. And I'm saying – the guy had a very good game, and I was watching it in person. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying, he, I think he's in a new system. And, you know, obviously, if Saquon Barkley has a big year. That's going to help him out a lot. And uh, the Giants, if you look at it, they have a week schedule. Mm-hmm. I really think they're going to surprise people and go 9-8. and eight. I really do. And I'll say this about the Eagles, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Eagles are good. Eagles are good. Eagles are good, but... But you know what? I have a big question mark about that quarterback. I'm sorry. It's fair. I'll tell you. Last time I saw him, he was horrendous in the playoffs. Terrible. Well, and
0: again, and, that was against Tampa Bay on the road, his first playoff game. But you know what, Chris? I'll look at it a different way. I'm sh- I think it was remarkable that that team made the playoffs last year because last August, Remember, they had a first-year head coach last year in Sirianni. I thought the Eagles were going to be one of the worst teams in football last year. I thought they were going to be maybe one of the five worst teams. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. I wasn't sold just like you were. First-year head coach. They gutted the roster a little bit, and they came up to Florham Park, and they practiced against the Jets for a couple of days. And I saw them up close, and I said, boy, this, you know, th- this team, you know they're going to take their lumps this year. I was shocked they made the playoffs. So to me, they're further ahead of the program than I thought that they would be
3: okay, I get it, but everyone's almost crowding them as the team. Okay, fine. I get it. It's, it's you know, you can make your predictions, but like I said, I want to see this guy perform, and by the way, I went to the game last year at home, Giants against Eagles, mm-hmm. and he was horrendous. I mean, I'm just saying. I So, I don't know what people see the upside in this guy. I mean, and that's, we know football's all about quarterbacking, and the NFC East, by the way, has the worst quarterbacks pound for pound, from one to four, if you think about it. They're, so, you know, I'm just saying, I I could see the Giants going three and three, maybe even four and two in their own division. And they got some, you know, games like against Chicago and Carolina. Um, the schedule's easier. I like – it's a whole new look to the team, a whole new feel. And I'm telling you this, watch out. I'm telling you right now, number 13, their wide receiver, Sills. Mm-hmm. This guy – is gonna be, I'm telling you, him and Daniel Jones have some type of relationship, and like I said, it's preseason. I totally get it, but he was hitting them with everything, and he had a nice pocket to throw out of. Um, I was very impressed. I walked, I walked out of that stadium telling my friends, "I, I like what I see." I have a different feeling, and I was at the game where they had the two quarterback sneaks with Glennon and Fromm or whatever. I mean, it was horrendous last year, and we well, can't go by last, last year.
0: La- Chris, last year's last year. Don't even bring it up again, and I thank you for the well. phone call. That's why they, that's why they cleaned house. It was, you're right. It was, it was horrendous. It was an embarrassment. It was every word you want to use to associate it. And that's why they had to do what they had to do with the Giants. And, and look, Jalen Hurts may not be your cup of tea as a quarterback. I'll just say this, though. Guy had 4,000 yards from offense. or four, Excuse me, 4,000 yards of offense last year from scrimmage rushing and receiving not many guys do that you know he ran for almost 800 yards plus 10 touchdowns with his legs and they like him they think he's a good fit for the offense now I don't think that they're sitting there and looking at him as like the end all be all because guess what you know what Philadelphia has they got a couple of draft choices first round draft choices next year that if Jalen Hurts maybe takes a step back and he struggles you know what they're going to do they're going to go out there and they're going to get their next quarterback because the draft class is stocked next year in terms of the QB position. Ben is in Long Island. He's up next. Dan Grass's show, 98.7 ESPN. Ben, how are you?
4: What's going on? I appreciate you taking my call. What's up, uh, Ben? I'm, I'm definitely a diehard Jets fan here. But uh, I think, being optimistic, I think we go 2-2 two and two to start the year. Obviously, the AFC North. You take it. No joke. You take it. 2-2. Yeah, no. two two, you you sign it.
0: You take two and two tomorrow, Ben. You sign in blood for two and two.
4: And I genuinely believe it starts week one. I know a lot of people just rightfully so, the Ravens are a good team, but I do think we surprise them because they have a lot of question marks as well. In terms of the injury bug, I know their left tackle may not play. Their two running backs between Gus Edwards, J. K. Dobbins may not play. And Marcus Peters, even at this point, isn't fully healthy. So I know they're a talented team, and Lamar Jackson is going to be Lamar Jackson. But if there's any time to play them, I do believe is when they have so many question marks along their roster. Uh, I think it's a tight game, and I hope we squeeze it out. Uh, but I genuinely think we have a legitimate chance week one.
0: Ben, let's hope. From your lips to God's ears, and I thank you for the phone call. I'll take the opposite approach. And everything you said, Ronnie Stanley, he's probably not going to be ready for week one. Remember, he was banged up last year. He just rounded into form now. Ronnie Stanley's a mountain at left tackle, probably won't play. Ben mentioned the running backs. Gus Edwards, Rutgers guy, by the way. Shout out to the R. Um, There are a few teams I think they're an awful week one matchup. And I think Baltimore's one of them. I, I, I do. They're a pain in the ass. And the reason I say this. From a defensive standpoint, you're going to have to try to slow down Lamar Jackson, a defense that has a lot of new faces in it, a defense that obviously has not played a lot together because guys don't play a lot in the preseason anymore like they used to. So now they're going to go out there and log the most reps together that they have all year. And oh, by the way, you have to slow down the road runner you got to slow down the Tasmanian Devil. And good luck doing that in Week 1. I'll go, you know what? You want a homework assignment between now and, and, and Week 1 if you're a Jet fan? Go back. Go on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. Or NFL Plus or whatever where you go get your old games. Go watch Week 1 of the 2019 season for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Remember, 2019, that was his first year as a starter. And that's when he won the MVP. And that week one game, they went down to Miami. And they played the Dolphins. And he just absolutely lit it up. Threw for five touchdown passes. They put up almost 60 points. I, I just think it's, it, it's a bad week one matchup. And from a defensive perspective, you know, the Jets have struggled with the Baltimore Ravens for forever and ever and ever, it seems like. Right? Forever and ever. And to have Joe Flacco potentially being the one back there with that rush coming, essentially a statue, not really fleet of foot, it's a tough matchup for week one. We'll do more on this coming back. Worldwide Wob at 9. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN.
2: This is the
0: Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN on this Friday. Going into the holiday weekend, we'll talk some hoops with World Wide Wob, a.k.a. Well, he's actually Rob Perez, and then a.k.a. World Wide Wob. Like, World Wide Wob isn't on his license, although it might be taking this thing too far. But he'll be calling us in a couple of minutes. Hop on with him. Let's say hi to Iron Staten Island. He's up next, 9870 ESPN. What's up, I? How are you?
5: Hey, what's going on, Dan? I hope I have a holiday weekend, a good one. Same and, to you. Uh, we'll- and uh, I, I, your points are very well taken about the Baltimore Raven matchup. This, uh, oh, week real, quick, real quick, real quick, I'm to?
0: sorry. Let me interrupt for one second. One other thing I wanted to add about Lamar Jackson. Oh, by the way, he's playing for a new contract, too. So I just wanted to throw that one.
5: Okay, yeah, that even adds to it. But uh, yeah. I'll give you my take. We'll talk during the week. I'm sure you're on all week. Yep. Um, I feel a little differently. But we haven't talked since the cuts. The Eshin Davis thing, I was scratching my head. I, I, I'm sure that's a lot of politics. But um, at the end of the day, nothing really shocked me. Uh, I, I like the roster going in. I know there's a lot of youth, but they also, you know, they've had a lot of veterans that have playoff experience, Super Bowl experience. I think they were going to mend, probably going to take four weeks for the offensive line to gel. But with, with everything said, it also comes down to the quarterback spot, regardless of who's playing. Because I think defensively, I, I, I think they have all the pieces in place to be a lot better than they were last year. They can't be worse. And I think offensively, we know what they have. I mean, look at the Giant game. I know it's a preseason game, but if my memory correct, I, I think the tight ends are a total of 10 catches. So they're going to run the ball. The tight ends are going to be heavily involved. And, I, you know, I, I think they're going to win seven games. I do. And, and a little bit of luck, they get to eight. If they get the injury bug, maybe they get to six. But I think seven is a safe number. And. I I think if they get to that, and, you know, when Wilson takes over, if he shows progress, I think that's a very successful year.
0: Ira, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, Seven should be the base when you're talking about expectations for this upcoming season. And then if the ball bounces your way on a couple of occasions, maybe you can maybe sneak up to eight to nine. Bottom line, I keep saying it, guys, and I'm going to say it all throughout the year. With the Jets, when you have Thanksgiving this year, You still better have a season, and you still better have meaningful games to play. Otherwise, something went horribly wrong.